0: Hey, it's Matt here. Guess what's happening on this week's binge list?
1: Let's have a moment for Connie Britton's hair, which is perfection. (laughs) Oh my
0: God, the whole way through it's (laughs) distracting. It's so
1: perfect! (laughs)
0: So he was being a title a total yeah. d- excuse my
1: french and <laughs> no valid valid so uh,
0: any sane person on a first date where there's no yeah. commitment yet where you see that behavior you say bye yeah. i would recommend perhaps watching this and
2: uh having a drinking game yeah every time someone says penis take a shot you'll be <laughs> drunk after
0: 10 minutes back to Binge List, your weekly podcast covering all the very best news shows on TV. I'm your host Matthew Denby and joining me in the studio are Who Magazine's TV experts Gavin Scott and Ali Cromedy. Welcome back guys. Hello. Hi. This week we've got a fictionalised TV take on the hit true crime podcast Dirty John, heavenly comedy in Miracle Workers, penis chopping antics in Lorena and plenty more. First, let's talk about Dirty John. On Netflix from Feb 14, this is a dramatic retelling of real life events, which were recently given prominence in the highly successful podcast of the same name. Starring Connie Britton and Eric Banner, it's about a mysterious man who comes into the life of an unlucky and loved businesswoman and the instant hostility that he engenders from her two daughters. Is their reaction warranted? We soon find out. What did you think, Ali?
1: So I really liked this show, um, but I'm coming at it from the lens of at least having listened to most of the podcast, um, which I listened to last year. I didn't end up finishing it, so I don't actually know how just how dirty Dirty John is. Um, but I obviously know he's not very—he's not a good guy. Um, Also, I love Real Housewives of Orange County. So, um, Connie Britton's character, Debbie or Deborah, she – is an Orange County. She could be. A, she could be a real housewife of Orange County. She's very wealthy. She's very blonde and tanned and beautiful. And let's have a moment for Connie Britton's hair, which is perfection. Oh my
0: god, the whole way through, it's distracting. <laughs> it's so
1: perfect. It's its Getting in and out of the shower, perfection. Sitting like we're, after wearing a wig, she takes oh perfection. Her hair's amazing. Um. So, yes, I really loved it and I thought that Eric Banner was perfectly cast. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Um, Connie Connie was obviously perfect, perfectly cast. Um, but it is some parts – I mean, knowing that it's a true story, it's really hard – even if it wasn't a true story, it's still really hard to just sit there and see – think, how could she be so stupid? Like, oh, yeah. how could she have just put up with the weirdness going around, especially from her kids' perspective? And obviously, you know, her two daughters are um, – well, one of them specifically, Ronnie, is hard to watch at times because she's so brutal and horrible and, you know, yeah. vain and everything. But, you know, this is a woman who's been married four times, mm. about to – spoiler alert – about to be married for the fifth time. Um, her, her judgment on men can't be very good <laughs> with that track record and these kids are defensive and I, I, get, I totally get that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. It was it was very, like, very interesting. I really was hooked. Um, but I think because I had the knowledge of most of the podcast, that helped, you know, tell this. I just knew what was going to happen as well and I just had a bit more of a richer understanding, um, whereas I don't know what it be, would be like to not have – any idea of what was going well. on? Well, Gavin, <laughs> Funny step you right should up. Say.
2: Um, yeah, I didn't listen to the podcast, um, but I know how big it was. Mm. It was kind of rivaled Serial, really, and yeah. in ter- in teachers in terms of people listening to mm. it. Um, so I was expecting a lot from this because of all the hype around Dirty John <laughs> as, as an idea. Um, but it felt really underdone to mm-hmm. me. Uh, oh, oh, Ali's re- well, Ali well, well. recoiling. <laughs> um, it, it, I don't know. It had the feel of a made-for-TV movie. You know, there's a Lifetime oh, movies. Sure. Gotcha. That. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that in and of itself. But I was expecting this great, you know, premium drama with mm. you know Eric Banner, a film star, back on TV, mm. and, and Connie Britton, you know, America's sweetheart, mm. Connie Britton. Mm-hmm. Um, it just felt like a very gentle soap to me. The, the kind of dirty deeds that. Uh, Maybe, maybe I didn't get far enough to mm. see what he was really up to. No. How many did you watch? I watched um, two episodes okay. or one. Keep and going. One and, think... and a half. Yeah, okay. Um, and <laughs> you need the, a bit more. The worst thing you seemed to do was to sit down and drink a no. beer at that family There's gathering. more coming. Okay.
1: Keep watching, Gavin.
2: <laughs> but this is my problem. Why wasn't it in episode one? Well, Why because wasn't there... we're
1: discovering as she is, aren't yeah. we, sort of, maybe?
2: Mm. Uh, there was some foreshadowing in the very start of the first episode, which obviously they did to go, mm. look, there is something coming. But yeah. I thought by halfway through episode two okay. I was just like when's He's going to get dirty. Yeah, when's the bad bad stuff happening? When are these daughter's fears going to be justified? Mm. Uh, And, yeah, it just wasn't quick enough for me. But, um, Mm. yeah,
0: so I was was disappointed, I have to say. Matt? Look, I have mixed feelings about it. I agree with you. Total lifetime movie vibe to this. (laughs) Something about the music and the sort of the soft focus and the Mm. sort of, yeah. Slow. Slow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. One thing I found interesting about this, and you touched on this a bit, Ali, Mm. is that all of the characters – to some degree, are really unlikable. Mm. Um, Eric Banner is fantastic in this. He's really showing his acting chops. Mm. He by, he blows everyone else off stage, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think he's really, really good as this horrible character. Mm-hmm. Um, Connie Britton, yes. The hair got more attention than her acting, I think, in this. <laughs> now, the characters uh, – when um, – Dirty John first arrives for his date he turns Mm. up at the house and the daughter he hasn't done anything wrong at this stage Mm. at all and the daughter is so rude and vile to him she immediately rejects him because he isn't dressed well Mm. enough and we're supposed to think who's the bad guy here Mm. they're all repellent actually Mm. on different levels and then Connie Britton who as you say has been married four times gets this massive massive red flag on the first date when he flips out when she asks him to leave her bedroom she doesn't want to have sex on the first day, she yep. really politely and gently asked him to go into the living room. When he
1: creepily lays on her bed and like mm, mm. like p- pushes himself into the
0: pillows and yeah, oh, it's creepy. Very manipulative. <laughs> yeah. so he was being a titled dick. A total dick. Yeah. So, excuse my friend. <laughs> no,
1: valid, valid. So, uh,
0: any sane person on a first date where there's no yep. commitment yet, where you see that behavior, you say bye. Yep. She didn't. Yeah. That, yeah, that she's did surprise just me. just
1: so lonely. I think she's painfully lonely, surely. She just can't, she needs a man.
0: Get a dog. Yeah, right. just,
1: oh, made me so, like, upset for. Just women or people or <laughs> yeah.
0: single
2: women. Or. That did shock me. Yeah, why did she go back? Go why back. did she agree to a second Because he date? said
1: everything she, in the next part. He said everything she wanted to hear, I guess. Mm. I don't know. But, yeah, you're right. There's so many things that he does and you're like, no, walk away. And then she just doesn't. And then, yeah.
2: Yeah, so. yeah. I guess that the timing of this is perfect uh, because mm. it's coming out on Valentine's Day. Oh, god! <laughs> so it, it is perfect. That's a sick joke. It's a cautionary tale.
0: <laughs> yeah, a cautionary tale for idiots. Oh, I think any sane yeah. person would know to flush Dirty John down the toilet yeah. after the first date. Yes, it is compelling enough to keep watching. Mm. Um, I wish that there was someone we could have really rooted for, mm. but you know, apparently this is based in uh, in the truth that we yep. all know about the podcast. So maybe those characters aren't as interesting or nice in real life. Who knows? So, So if you are interested in watching the TV drama version of Dirty John, it is available on Netflix from February 14. G'day, it's Hamish and Andy here, and um, you're listening to The Binge List, which I hope you knew because you voluntarily (laughs) downloaded it and pressed play. Uh, That's all true. Now for something far lighter. Stan's new comedy series, Miracle Workers, begins on February 13. It stars Steve Buscemi as God and Daniel Radcliffe as one of his angels, who is tasked with saving the world after the boss stops being interested in his divine duties. This is really a long way from Harry Potter. Is it going to be as popular, Gavin?
2: I don't think it's going to be as popular as Harry Potter, especially when Harry Potter is on uh, other streaming services. Um, but I think it's going to get a lot of people tuning in because it's got Daniel Radcliffe in, because mm. it's got Steve Bashemi in. Uh, and it's also got uh, an Australian actress called Geraldine Viswanathan in it. She's from Newcastle. Oh, and cool. she was in that film Blockers, where oh, yeah. the parents are running around after the children. Yeah. Um, and she was, I haven't seen that one, but apparently she was the breakout star of that film. Mm. Uh, and it's doing really great things. In in Hollywood at the moment and obviously getting cast in this is one of them um, I like the premise of this a lot um mm the execution I don't know I'll get to that in a minute but the premise of heaven is just like any other workplace it's an office and the boss is bored the boss is phoning it in God can't care about earth anymore couldn't care less uninterested wants to blow it up It's not
1: sexy anymore no
2: exactly and uh, Daniel Radcliffe's character and Geraldine's characters they're the office workers and there's all these um, different departments in heaven who are responsible for different so it's very much like the bureaucracy of heaven Mm. shown on screen and I really like that idea. I, I don't think it's something we've seen before, showing heaven as, as just like an office. And this is essentially an office comedy. Um, in terms of the execution, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't love it. it. It's mildly amusing. It's not the Good Place, and I yeah. kind of there are a lot of parallels to yeah. the Good Place, aren't there, yeah. Ali? Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. Yeah, um, yeah, and no, I I have to agree with you, Gavin. I wasn't that like you know I was like oh this is funny and it's a good concept, but. I mean, what's the movies like Bruce Almighty or Evan Almighty, or like where they've had God like characters? I mean, Jim Carrey in Bruce Almighty, right? Yeah, he was that was so funny. Um, this is obviously different, but um, it's a unique spin on it, but I still didn't think it was that original. Like, I don't know. I like that Daniel Radcliffe is in it. I think I'm always interested to see what he does next. Um, but, again, I think it's a bit of a weird choice for him. Like, I just can't see this taking off. And for him, who's had – been I mean, he's been Harry Potter. It's so mm. iconic. Like, for this to be something he chooses to do, it seems a bit like – I don't know. Same with Steve Bus- Buscemi. Like, these are big-time actors with um, – like, what was the really successful TV show that he was in? Um uh, b- boardwalk, boardwalk empire. Empire. I mean I never watched it, but that did really well for him. I don't know. I just feel like this is a strange choice for them all. Um and I did I mean I did laugh at some points, but it didn't it's got not doesn't have enough to hook me um t- to watch every week, to be honest. So Matt, what
0: about you? Uh I didn't laugh once, I didn't <laughs> snicker once, I didn't smile once, I didn't didn't smirk once. <laughs> I could
1: just picture you, just yeah, yeah. we're talking about oh. the show, not just life. Yeah, I think <laughs>
0: I think that it is a misfire. Everything about it annoyed Mm. me. It was just the production design, Mm. the acting, everything.
1: Steve Buscemi's hair, Buscemi's hair. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it it was just unimaginative. I've seen it before. You know what it made me think of? It made me think of like a really bad ABC sketch comedy that got stretched out into a series, a sketch. (laughs) Yeah, not funny. It may have seemed funny on the board, on the Mm. chalkboard when it was being written up and maybe – Maybe Mr Ratcliffe thought it was going to deal with really heavy, important concepts and things like that. But no, I won't watch this again. It's just not for me at all. I'm really interested
2: in the, I guess, the format of the show in that there's this ongoing arc where... God's basically done with Earth and he's going to blow it up but um, Geraldine and Daniel's characters have, I don't know, seven days or whatever yeah. it is, 48 hours Times to, are ticking. to save Earth and, and so the seven episodes or however many there are of Miracle Workers is this ongoing arc of can they get this couple on Earth together to prove that there's a reason for Earth to stick around?
1: Yeah, it was so boring. And
2: I'm not interested in that. I think standalone episodes would have been better mm. and made it like like The Office or Parks yeah. Parks and Recreation. True. The kind of quirky office comedy. Where this week we're going into this department of yep. heaven, and yep. we'll meet the characters there, yep. and, and I think that could have worked a lot better than this ongoing storyline. That
1: mm. yeah, it's kind of a bit dull, it's dragged out, and it's yeah, move on, come on, you know, yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, so yeah, so, uh, so we're divided. Well, are we divided? No, I, I guess think no. We're all we're all not. Are any of us going to watch it again? Maybe <gasps> no. not. <laughs> no, no. Okay, well, if you're keen on Miracle Workers, despite everything we've warned you about... <laughs> hey, if you love Harry especially, Potter. Especially, <laughs> Matt. Yeah, yeah. It begins on stand from February 13.
1: Binge list.
0: We dealt with a fictionalised real-life crime earlier in the show and now we're going to talk about one of the most famous crime cases of the early 90s. Amazon Prime is debuting its new four-part docuseries Lorena on February 15. It deals with the notorious 1993 case in which American woman Lorena Bobbitt cut off her then-husband John Wayne Bobbitt's penis. Beyond the cheap shock factor of the crime itself, the series expands to view the case as the cultural phenomenon it was at the time and digs into wider issues that were associated with it. Like Lorena's allegations of marital sexual assault, what did you think of Lorena Alley?
1: Well, um, I had heard of this case, um, and I, it was—I was familiar with it. So when I started watching it, to be honest, I didn't really read about what we were, what I was about to watch. I just started. I was like, "Oh, what is this Lorena about?" And then as soon as they said the last name, and you know, it really—I knew what, it knew what I was going to see and what I was going to be hearing about. Um, what I found interesting, what I found funny, is just how. Like, even the detectives, the police, like, everybody who, you know, should be taking this quite seriously just couldn't keep a straight face when they were describing what she did and (laughs) what happened. Um, Obviously, you know, cutting off someone's penis, your husband's penis, um, is a huge, like, Extreme, like it's you know, it's it, it, if if it was somebody's arm or somebody's leg or you know any other body part, you'd be taking. it I think people wouldn't be laughing as much. Um, no, no, <laughs> but for this for that, they just continue, everybody couldn't keep a straight face, which I thought was funny. Um, but what it. Turns into as the story goes along, um, as you've mentioned, is Lorena's um, accusations of yeah marital rape and her- the abuse that was happening at home. Um, I haven't seen beyond the first episode um, to know how it all works out and and what happens. But um, and I was probably yeah, definitely too young to remember it, um, having lived through it. But um, that is really interesting to me, especially with the time that we're in now, and obviously the Anita Hill case is um, brought up in the first episode um, which you know that was to do with she's a she works in american politics and it was a famous case of her uh, alleging rape um in the workplace and anyway times have changed since then women are listened to now um but it yeah it began such a important discussion and yeah so what about you gavin what did you think
2: yeah, because yeah, because how old were you when all this happened so, in '93? You were yeah, about three. I was, you? would
1: have been three or thereabouts. But the yeah.
2: fact that you grew up and heard about yes, it just about shows it. what what a massive case it was. And I rem- mm. I remember at the time I was a little bit older, a yeah. co- couple of <laughs> years older than that. Um, and it was it was huge, and it was on every talk show, and every stand-up mm. comedian had a little Lorena Bobbitt bit in mm. in their set. Uh, and and so I'm surprised it's taken this long actually for um, a, a docu series like this. Yeah, it and writes they, itself. And they speak to Lorena, and they speak. To John Wayne, and it's like got great access to everybody. Yeah. But um, I do like you. I did enjoy the undercurrent of mild amusement oh. in that first episode where, yeah, you've got these forensic scientists where yeah. they're talking to the camera. Like the and most then,
1: serious of jobs. And <laughs> then cracking up,
2: cracking <laughs> up about, oh, yeah, and, and the penis was in and a field. And where was
1: it? Was it in the dishwasher? Was it in the... Yeah,
0: <laughs> she took it with her and then she threw it into a field and oh. almost stood on it. Yeah. No, they oh. thought at first that she'd swallowed it, remember? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. But, but um, even the
1: surgeon describing when they're, like, stitching it back on and, oh, my God, I just, it was so funny.
0: It, it was funny. And it was. I, I think
2: I would recommend perhaps watching the and uh, having a drinking game. Yeah. Every time someone says penis, take a shot, you'll be <laughs> drunk after 10 minutes. Um, so, yeah, it, but then it does turn, it, it turns very yeah. serious and so I, I did like that they gave the uh, other elements of this case the serious coverage that that mm-hmm. it deserves. Um, and, and before I throw it at you, Matt, I, I would just like to note that this is our second week in a row <laughs> with a penis-related show. Last week yeah. we
0: talked about the show called Penis and now we, <laughs> we're talking about Lorena. Uh. Yes, dicks everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it's a it's an, an entertaining show for uh, those of us who remember it. It was a huge tabloid sensation at the time, and it does um, treat the subject matter in quite a tongue in cheek way, at least in the beginning. And then, but you've also got the really gratuitous stuff, like they show the crime scene photos. Like they they actually show a photograph oh. of the penis yeah. lying on the ground. I could not believe it. Yeah, and then they show his crotch with the penis missing and then they show the mattress which was covered yes. in like a huge pool of blood. That
1: was disgusting. And describing yeah. how much deep the blood went and I was like, oh, okay, yep, we're going for it. And, and Lorena
2: had, had the good um – I don't know. She was kind of amused at what she'd done, but also mortified at what she's kind of like. I can't believe I actually did it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah,
0: and there are some nuances with Lorena that we haven't covered yet Mm. already. Um, The fact that, uh, according to his version of events, at least, she was upset that he'd decided to divorce her, Mm. and then in uh, when when she was taken in by the police, she um, by her own admission said um, the reason I did it was because he was a selfish lover and he wouldn't wait for me to finish, and he just. you know roll off and go to sleep. So there Can you blame are her? there are different <laughs> versions of why this happened. But it's sort of because because it had so much attention, it got drawn into wider social Mm. issues. Um, And that's another reason why it still endures as a story, doesn't it? Yeah.
1: I just can't believe. I was shocked to learn that she was only 24 um, when it happened. So young. But also, and the fact that she did like a shoot, an interview with Vanity Fair and like the photos, how like, I mean, she looked beautiful, but just like who was managing that at that time? I mean, good on Vanity Fair for getting that. But. um,
2: that was odd. Oh, yes. so weird! Penis so chopper weird. in a ball gown. But
1: as they said, as somebody said in the in the first episode, like there wouldn't have been as much attention on these two if they weren't good looking, or if she wasn't, you know, um, which is the, yeah, interesting in itself.
2: Yeah, but I think, like you um, alluded to, Ellie, it is yeah. interesting this. Um, this be airing now in in the time of uh, was it last year when that that uh, judge was being appointed to the Supreme Court Mm-mm, in yes, Kavanaugh, America. Yes, capital. So uh, you said p- p- women are believed, and yes, there is a lot although more. That although that was a different yes, situation. That yes, that was more like Anita Hill, yes. where she was you know just her life became Chris,
1: Christine Blasey Ford. Yes, I think her name was. Yeah.
2: yes, well, her life became hell because yeah. she went on the record about what had... He had allegedly done, yeah. yeah,
1: and then he was still appointed, which happened with, what's his name, Clarence... Thomas, is that it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I, I think, yeah, it, it is still relevant, um, even though times have changed, and with Me Too and Time's Up and, and things have improved, mm. they haven't improved completely. So, mm. uh, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think there's still
0: reason for this to be airing now. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And John Wayne Bobbitt's an interesting character, <laughs> isn't he? I mean, he went on to be, do porn movies yes. and sort of. Oh,
1: my God. I did not know media.
0: that. <laughs> yeah, he did. He what? did. And um, he's, he's not a. Best- particularly sympathetic character. Oh. He's just like, uh, and, and the way that the camera sort of leers at him in this really sort of classist way, oh. like they have this shot where he, he comes in and sits down on this horrendous bogan couch. With
1: his With big keeper, The, the yeah. world's
0: largest cup. Oh. And he goes, is this the right cup? Should I get my other one? Yeah, i got my
1: silver one. <laughs>
0: yeah, so it's sort of like there's a bit of snobbery and sort of oh. class loathing in, in the way that this has been filmed and, and so on and so forth. He starts
1: making jokes about it himself, like if I should do a stand-up career or whatever yeah. so what he got into porn
0: he did he did a couple of porns what, yes.
1: what were they do they have a funny title like, um one, uh, it-
0: first one was john wayne bobber uncut oh. <laughs> and on that note yeah it was widely reported at the time i've never seen this film okay <laughs> so if you are interested in watching lorraine it begins on amazon prime on feb 15. And in TV news, Australia this week joined most of Europe in being able to choose our Eurovision entry. After the airing of Eurovision, Australia decides. What do you think of the choice, Gavin? I agree wholeheartedly with the choice. Well, I think there were two... Uh, contenders who, who could have mm. represented
2: Australia and I would have been happy with it. But um, I'm very glad that Kate miller has been chosen to go to Tel Aviv in May to represent Australia. And, yeah, we've seen pop opera before at Eurovision, but um, we haven't seen it from Australia. We've seen kind of very increasingly generic pop R&B songs going from Australia so it was really nice for us to choose something quite different, quite out there. Uh, So either Kate Miller-Heidke or Electric Fields were the other act I thought would have been great which was the uh, bilingual electronic duo Mm. who performed in English and an Indigenous language uh, 2000 and whatever. I think that would have been a great representative for Australia as well but I was glad that that Kate went but Matt I was shocked that uh, you don't actually know who
0: Kate Miller-Heidke is. (laughs) Look, I've heard the name, but I'm just not that interested. I'm not the musical theatre person that you are. Oh, <laughs> ten times aria nominated, Kate Miller Heidke. Um.
1: She, she's not really a half old name, though. Well, thank you, Ali. Thank she will be you.
0: now. <laughs> Gavin's being very feisty today. He's really got the knife out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll call him Lorena from now on. <laughs> um, oh, God. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think had Kate won uh, any
2: of those Aria nominations, she might be a little bit more famous. Yeah. But she's kind of like always the bridesmaid at, at the Aria, mm-hmm. it, it seems. But she did co-write, and, yeah, this is the musical theatre thing you were referring to. She co-wrote the uh, Mura's Wedding Musical. Oh, which, good on it! Which uh, debuted, I think, last year. Yeah. Um, um, uh, which is great, by the way. And, and oh. I don't love—I actually don't love theatre, but um, I did enjoy *The Murews' Wedding* musical. Um, but I just think it's nice that we're getting two yeah. big Eurovision events each year. Well, three if you include Junior Euro- Eurovision. Do oh. we include Junior? I right. mean,
1: you tell me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, two big events. We get the uh, we get the Australia decides event, which every other European country does. They have this public voted oh. thing to choose their contender. Well, most of them anyway, yeah. to choose their contender. And then we get actual Eurovision in, in May. So it's just it's sharing. The love throughout the year for Eurovision, making you very happy, making me quite happy. <laughs> um, is it making you happy, Ali?
1: Um, I mean, I just, I'm just not bothered either way. Really, it's nice. I think it's cool that we're getting involved, and I think it's fun that you know it's going to these lengths and everything. Um. You know, I like it. Actually, I do like the fact that we get the choice, not that I took part, but, um, you know, it's it adds rather than just saying, oh, yep, here's the person that we're sending and yep. this is the song. It's um, more interactive. It's more fun. Um, I wonder if they'll make it into, like, its own TV series, like not just a one-off.
2: Well, I think in Sweden, uh, it's called, um, oh, I don't know if I'll pronounce this right, but the Melody Festival and, or something mm. like that. Mm. Which, And it does seem to go on and on and on yeah. and there are semifinals and finals mm. and there's this whole months-long process of, of finding their Eurovision entry, but it's Sweden, so mm. come on. I'd but,
1: watch but, that more than The Voice, I reckon. Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> they can kind of justify it. But uh, we also had Courtney act in our, yeah. um, in our uh, top ten contenders. It was a little bit like the who's who of um, former reality show contestants. <laughs> yeah. We had Alfie. True. And... Uh, uh, Tanya Doko who was once a Bachelor
0: Girl obviously but she was also oh. a judge on one of the Pop Stars series I think really. from memory but Courtney what, what did you make of the Courtney Act song? I um, really really wanted to like it because I love Courtney Act mm-hmm. and I thought that her Christmas special that she did in the UK was amazing and it really <laughs> destroyed RuPaul's Christmas special <laughs> I think Courtney's incredibly talented and she's wonderful but the song just really didn't take off mm-hmm. it, it wasn't as good as it could have been the video I thought was a bit can't get you out of my head mm-hmm. I love you Courtney if you listening. But the song just wasn't great for me I listened to all the songs The only one that I really liked was Electric Fields Mm. I thought that was pretty good But even that I didn't think As much as I liked it I didn't think it had any chance at all of winning the competition And I don't think we have had a a song good enough to win the competition Since Dami Im, I'm sorry
1: she did a great job Yeah, she she
0: should have won, let's face it
1: How do you think Kate will go then?
2: I, I don't know. I, I think if they up the staging because it's all about staging mm. at Eurovision, and she had you know the, the dress and that person doing weird things yeah. behind yeah. her on on stage. <laughs> that
1: was weird.
2: If they if they kind of up the ante with that and make you know really go all out with the staging, mm. um, I think that will work. And the mm. song, the song is, is novel enough. It's not novel in the sense that we've ne- never had a pop opera mm. thing at Eurovision before, but um, it, it's novel in and yeah. of itself. So. Oh. I would say top
0: five. Will it win? I don't
1: know. Cross our fingers.
0: So, this week's hidden gem is Dairy Girls on Netflix. Tell us all about it, Gavin well this has been on our radar
2: for Hidden Gem for quite a while it's one of those shows that you know when you have Netflix open and there's all the, the shows just pop up and, and start playing a video while you're trying to choose what you want to watch and it's kind of annoying Dairy Girls has been popping up on my screen for ages and I was like oh I must watch that I must watch it anyway so I finally got round to watching it um, and it is set in the 1990s in Northern Ireland and it's a high school show surprise surprise but it's more than a high school show um So it's set in in Northern Ireland, as I said, in the midst of the Troubles, which was the ongoing war between Ireland and England, which which kind of came to some form of conclusion at the end of the 90s. And it's set in a town called Londonderry, or they refer to it as Derry because obviously they don't want to say London, being in Northern Ireland. Mm. And it follows a group of friends as they return to school. It's an all-girl Catholic school, all-girl Catholic Irish school, which are uh, so in theory very very strict but it follows these girls as they get up to all sorts of trouble and there's also a guy thrown in the mix mm. because he's the cousin of one of the characters and he's from England and they didn't want to send him to the boys school because they thought he'd get beaten up so he's the only boy student at this all girls school <laughs> which is which is Kind of pretty amusing uh, in itself, and I mean that kind of sums up the show. It's this unique, very dry, very abusive humour where they, you know, they tell each other to fuck off all the time and (laughs) and that kind of thing, and that they're always yeah telling each other off and and abusing each other, paying out each other, and it's laugh out loud funny. And because it's set in the nineties, there's a lot of nineties nostalgia. We get the cranberries a lot. Uh, the, The daughter and mother talk about Macaulay Culkin divorcing his parents, and the mother says, "Who is this guy?" You have to stop seeing him immediately, which was quite, you know quite funny. Everyone goes ha ha ha. He's actually a movie star, um, but it, yeah, funnier on screen. Uh, so I would recommend Dairy Girls. It's it's yeah. It's only short seasons, and season two is about to drop. I think in the next month. It's uh, it, as I said, it, it goes beyond the high school. It goes to the home life of these people living in a place which is you know war torn. Normal for them is uh, you know the ride to school on the school bus being diverted because there's a bomb threat on a bridge, mm, that kind of stuff, which is what happened in North, Northern Ireland all the time for decades. Uh, and so that's the backdrop to this series, which is, yeah, a, a family comedy, a high school comedy, yeah, set in this world where, where yeah, my, two Things card- might
1: probably – don't sound that funny, actually.
2: <laughs> yeah, where things aren't funny and they
1: just, yeah. yeah, get
0: on with it and make the best of it and swear a lot.
1: Mm, oh, I'm, I want to watch that. I'm sold.
0: Sounds really good. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us on Binge List. Do make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and you can hear us via all good podcast apps. Join us next week when we're doing an Aussie drama special with Miss Fisher's Modern Murder Mysteries and Bad Mothers. Do feel free to contact us about the show via social media. I'm on Twitter as Mr. Matt Denby. Lorraine is there as Gavin Scott99. <laughs> and you can reach Ali on Instagram at AliCromedy. Until next week, happy viewing everyone.
2: Bye. Slip Bye. Bye. <laughs>